Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Wednesday, April 15th, 2015. I'm Michael Agello of HockeyBuzz.com, and I am pleased to be joined once again by the former assistant general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Mr. Bill Waters. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Michael, and thanks for having me on. Pleasure, as always. Uh, it's April 15th, so everybody in the U.S. is worried about paying their taxes, but I'm concerned more about the and, and more interested in the beginning of the NHL playoffs, which we'll talk about at the uh, at the end of the uh, the show. But as usual, the center of our conversation is the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they have been making a little bit of news since the season ended on Saturday. Uh, they ended the year with a 30-44 and eight record, uh, fourth in the uh, Connor McDavid pool which we'll find out whether they uh, qualify for that great player on Saturday when the lottery is held. But uh, on Sunday, they uh, Brendan Shanahan, the team president, decided to not only move on from Peter Horchuk, he basically you know, went into the offices of nls and and told everybody, you're gone. Uh, he fires Nonis, Peter Horchuk, the entire coaching staff, most of the scouting staff, uh, guys like Jim Hughes and uh, Steve Casper, uh, the, the only remnant bill of the Dave Nonis, Brian Burke administration is Dave Morrison, and I think Dave Morrison was there before them. So what did you think of Brendan Shanahan's uh, approach to the, the organization after a, a dismal season? Well, in all due respect to those people who were summarily dismissed, uh, I thought that it was the right thing to do, not necessarily the individuals. That's not my business. But they have to change what has been going on, and they've got to cleanse themselves of those people who they think are just buying time and or putting in time. And with that in mind, that's why Brendan Shanahan hired Mark Hunter to come in and look at the staff. Where do we need support? Where have we got too much? And where do we have incompetence? And in their estimation, uh, that list was read by Brendan Shanahan on Sunday, and they're gone. So now that's easy. The difficult point, part is trying to replace them with people who are more competent and are, will be more successful. And guess what, Mike? There's no guarantees. But mm-hmm. I, I, I have enough confidence in Shanahan that he will work diligently to make sure that the replacements will be better and that the move of removing so many people will not only uh, streamline the organization, but will make it much more effective as a hockey organization, which is what he's trying to do. Yeah, I mean, the the one thing that I can take from it, because, I mean, I was someone who looked at the situation and said, you know, they they still need somebody with experience as a general manager. Nonis had three years left in his contract. They, They apparently got along well. But it was more like just passing the torch, cleansing the organization of the last, you know, six or seven years under Burke and Nonis, you know, separating themselves from, um, 
you know, the, the the people who are in that organization moving and moving on to a to I guess a new generation. What I'm what I still carry from that also, Bill, is the fact that he's going to try to do the same thing with the roster. Yeah, I got the the same feeling from his comments uh, on uh, on his uh, uh, press conference the next day on Monday that uh, what I took out of that positively is that he is going to cleanse himself of those people who individually may or may not be good people, but as a group are a bad group. And he said that without naming names, but he did not deny the fact that Kessel and Phaneuf are at the top of that list. And if you look at David Nonis, David Nonis has not had a job in hockey that was not a direct result of a Brian Burke hire. And David Nonis is the highest paid assistant general manager in the NHL. And consequently, didn't get much of a raise to become a general manager in Toronto. But still, got a five-year deal for what? Signing Phaneuf and Kessel? I mean, some of the things that David Nonis has on his tombstone in Toronto, uh, he, he should be lucky he got out of town without having to take the tombstone with him. It just was not anything but the thing to do I think that Shanahan did it with some class because, as you pointed out, they appeared to get along. He didn't make it difficult for them. But for me, Nonis was gone the day that David, that the Brendan Shanahan got his job. It was a matter of finding the timing that suited the organization and suited Brendan Shanahan well enough to get rid of him. I mean, one thing that, you know, as a sort of an overview, you, you look at the Leafs organization and, um, you know, Burke comes in. Um, he brings in Nonis, he brings in this, you know, this, the majority of the, the staff that was just let go on Sunday. And then Tim Lewicki comes in as the, as the overseer, as the chairman of the board of MLS, and he, he hires Shanahan. Now Lewicki is leaving, and now Shanahan has let go all of, you know, everybody under, Nonis and everybody under him, except for Kyle Dubas, Brandon Pridham, and Mark Hunter, who he brought in. They've kept, like, four Scouts. I think Tommy Bergman, the Swedish scout, is one of them. You know, there are a few that they kept, and apparently Malarchuk was a guy who was there. Tommy Bergman and Garth Malarchuk, Tommy Watt, they were all there when I was there. They've survived because they're good, right? But the there's still that you know there's not that streamlined like I, you know I I'm the team president and I. I you know I hired everybody. You know now now Lewicki's leaving. You don't know whether the new chairman of the board of MLS and E is going to be on board with Shanahan and what he's doing. So you know that's something that we have to look forward to. I mean, it, it, there just seems to be a constant dysfunction when it comes to everybody being on the same page at MLS. Well, I think that's fair, Mike. It, it's a fair commentary because where would you have a new chief executive officer hired and is told whatever your observations of your president of the Toronto Maple Leaf Hockey Club, you will not be changing him. That's a bad way to start your job. And I'm not suggesting that he would even consider it. I, I, I have high regard for Brendan. I think he'll do a great job. But mm-hmm. the dysfunction of the board is, the, is what I have always maintained has been the problem in Toronto. Mm-hmm. When I was there, the board was just a board. Steve Stavro was the board. Pat Quinn answered to the board, Steve Stavro. We did not have the meddling and the middling that they've had in this past 
well, since Steve left, it's just mm-hmm. been uh, probably the most dysfunctional group of businessmen put together. And uh, that's too bad because I know some of them personally. I think they're very capable. They've got the wrong leadership. And if they got rid of Phaneuf and Kessel, they should have considered moving some of the people that uh, disguise themselves as knowing sports executives when really uh, they're not. And uh, I don't have to name any names. Everybody knows who I'm talking about. And until and when he leaves, it will be dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the one encouraging thing, and, and Shanahan referenced it during his press uh, conference on Monday, is that he does, at this point, have the full support of the MLS and E board to go ahead and go to do what we, you and I and a number of people have wanted this organization to do for a number of years, which is to tear down and rebuild and rebuild the, the right way through player development, through the draft, you know, making good decisions. You know, not everything can be done by quick resets, by just, you know, turning around things, making a signing or two. I mean, there's been patchwork with this organization for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. It's just, it, 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 it continues to go, and I, they've never been... Um, you know, what other organizations have been in terms of developing their own players and keeping that, you know, that, that the production line going. Uh, he seems to have that support right now. question is how long can he, can he depend on having that, that support before, you know, the board and people on the board start to undercut him? Well, I would say the length of his contract, probably three years. He's got a five-year deal. But if after three years this rebuild is not nearly as uh, uh, quick as they had hoped. But I would like to think that Brendan's informed them and said, look, take a look at the Florida Panthers and Dale Talon. Dale Talon has rebuilt that team, and he has picked masterfully, hasn't Mm -hmm. missed a draft pick. Mm -hmm. And that's not the Leafs' history. They miss a lot. So that's what Brendan has to eliminate right off the top. They've got to get some good young drafts, guys that are surprises, not because uh, they are as good as we thought they were, but are surprises because they're better than their draft position reflects. That means that you're building more quickly. What they get for three stiffs, Panuf, Kessel, and Lupo, will be the integral part of the expedition of the build, and the quality of the build. Mm -hmm. If they can make the Kessel, Phaneuf, and Lupul deals be hockey deals, the Leafs will have an opportunity to rebuild more quickly. If they have to dump them because they're not going to pay any of their salary, it's going to be a long, arduous process. Well, let's let's talk about those three players and just speculate. Um, You know, Lupul, three years left at five and a quarter million dollars. He scored one goal. Uh, since December 20th, um, he was healthy. But according to him in the uh, the postseason press uh, press availability, the locker room clean out on Monday, that he was playing with an injured knee that he's going to have taken care of. Um, I, I to my to my uh, my point, I don't understand if he had a uh, an MCL tear or whatever it was. He, yeah. You know, with with where the team was, he should have had surgery and had it had it taken care of like they did with uh, Robida. And with Pollock, so I don't I don't understand why he was continuing to play if he was injured because the season was over with. Um, you know, three years left, um, 31 years old, chronically injured. 
to me, Bill, I, I, don't, I don't think they keep any money, but I think it's going to be basically a bad contract for a bad contract. Yep. One of those type of deals. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think you're too far wrong. So go to the next. So you're not yeah. going to get anything for loophole of any consequence. Unless, unless you can, unless you consider, you know, a, a different player with a different attitude. Um, I mean, apparently, you know, they, they all, all these players said, "Oh, I love playing in Toronto." To me, that sort of struck as being sort of hollow. And you know, I mean, they didn't. Play, oh, they, some of them didn't play like they like playing in Toronto. Well, I, I haven't talked to Peter Horacek. I knew him when he was an Oshawa general, good guy, but he has talked to people who I know, and his comments were very simple. You had a group of guys who didn't care, mm-hmm. didn't want to play when the tough got going, and had no toughness in them whatsoever. And if that doesn't describe Fanuf, Kessel, and uh, Lupul, then I don't know what does. And they aren't the only ones. There are others. A lot of soft, skilled players who have to go, and Bozak's one of them. I mean, I was at the I was at the, the his final press conference on Saturday after the game, and when you know somebody who probably will not be an NHL head coach ever again because he's had two cracks, even though they're interim jobs in Florida and Toronto. And I have a lot of respect for Peter Horchak. He was given a situation that I don't think he, you know, he really, you know, it wasn't fair for him because this team just, I mean, they, they didn't want they didn't want to play. They didn't. And when he comes out in his final press conference and says, we asked these players, you know, to do certain things, and they just didn't want to change the way that they played, that's a commentary on the character of this team. And that's why I think Shanahan is going to, you know, to go through the locker room and say, you, 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 and you, you're gone. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on. to. I think, he, I think he's already said that when he said, listen, the players that are going – may be, as individuals, good players. Right. But as a group, they don't work in Toronto. They have to go. And that's the group that he was talking about. So I think you're accurate in your reflections on who has to go. Now, with Phaneuf, I know there were a report came out uh, earlier this week uh, from uh, TSN's Darren Drager that the deal that was on the table that the Leafs ended up turning down at the deadline uh, from Detroit was was forward Stephen Weiss, who's a bad contract. I, I believe he has three years left. It's a little under uh, four, uh, a little under five million dollars. Mm-hmm. So there's the bad there's the bad contract back. Brendan Smith, who's a 23 year old defenseman, and Timu Pulkinen, who is a uh, prospect who uh, you know played very well uh, with Grand Rapids and came up and is playing with the Red Wings now. He's one of the many prospects in their organization. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, you know, I'm, I can understand why the Leafs turned it down because, I, personally, I, I don't think for taking on five million dollars of Stephen Weiss for three years, they were getting enough in terms of future assets. Um, do you think that that is close to the type of deal that they will get for Fernuff, or do you think it'll be more, or do you think it'll be less? Well, if there's a five million bad one coming back, the option to that is to keep your five million guy. And we're going to give you two. We're going to pay two million of his salary. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the Horton deal, which allows them to have a cushion for four years of six million above the cap on LTIR, they have to uh, take that, or they are they're nuts. Simply because they, uh, they they can't make a deal, a hockey deal, without there being 
some money exchange going back to pay those exorbitant salaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the only the only thing that I think the organization is hesitant on is because is is the fact that and I looked into this. If they retain salary, they have to retain the equal amount for the for the length of the deal. So if they retain two million dollars, they have to retain two million dollars for the next six years. Yep. They can't they can't retain two million for the like for the first three, and that would be fine because they're rebuilding in the first three years. But if they're going to be taking a two million dollar cap hit going into twenty twenty one, I I think yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, and I think Horton's only got four years left, so he's only going to be a part of that cushion for four years. Right. So, so that then there's no sense of talking deals. What you're talking about is dumps. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're dumping an eight-year contract, which is now seven, and a seven-year contract, which is now six. And mm-hmm. if you have to dump it, you can't expect to get quality back. And that's that's where Brendan's going to be challenged. And so is his general manager. Yeah, or, or as much or as much back as they would. They could if they if they retain. Yeah. I see the thing. The thing is, is if you know if they retain salary on Castle, if they retain salary on Sanuf, then yes, they can use that Horton money if they're going to be close to the cap ceiling. But from all indications, they might be closer to the cap floor, and they may be using the money for Horton to stay above the cap floor. I mean, if they're getting rid of, I mean, Sanuf and Castle is fifteen million dollars in salary. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, you could be right, and, and if, in fact, it's a rebuild, you should be right. So then it becomes irrelevant. The cushion becomes irrelevant because you can use the money that you paid for Phaneuf and for Kessel's salary mm-hmm. to, uh, within the cap because, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're hopefully going to hit the floor and you're going to put four on top of that. That's not going to hit cap. So and money is never an object with the Maple Leafs. So if you can work it within the cap, great. But if you can work it within the cushion, even better. And the whole idea of this, Mike, is if you're going to make a deal and make your rebuild quicker, and like Kessel and Phaneuf are worth substantive prospects at worst. You might even get a low first-round pick for Kessel. There are some people who want the challenge of taking this guy on. I wouldn't be one of them. But mm-hmm. the fact that there are is something that the Leafs might be able to utilize. But I think that if they take $2 million of his salary for five years, and they can't, they have to take it for the duration. So they're going to have two years where it could be, it could be difficult. And that's a long time. to. I, I don't know any other way other than just releasing him and buying him out. And then they have to put the buyout on the cap for 16 yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's a very difficult situation, and the, it, as as we talk through it, Mike, you don't have to ask yourself why did they fire Nonus. He has yeah. two or three of those that not only are unmanageable within the cap, but are mm-hmm. unmanageable when you try to dispense of them. You well, give nine-year contracts to quality leadership type players who you know if they stay around that you will get your mileage from. You don't give them the flakes. Well, our our mutual buddy, Jonas Siegel, who's now working for TSN, um, said something yesterday that I didn't think about, but it's it's, it's a good point in retrospect. Um, you know, Shanahan decided to come in and didn't fire Carlisle, didn't fire Nonis, and 
you know, the organization is where it is right now, but imagine if they had, if Nonis had had a chance, if they had signed Dave Boland last summer, and Dave Boland did not have a good year, and it's still, I think, still hampered by the injury that uh, that cost him most of the year yep. when he was with the Leafs. Yep. You know, that would have been another fi- that would have been another five and a half million dollar contract for five or six years. And they wanted to trade Cody Franzen for Josh Georges, who had a terrible year in Buffalo, instead yep. of getting a young prospect and a first round pick from Nashville. So. By leaving Nonis in place, they open themselves up to the possibility of being in a bigger hole than they are right now. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I've known Dave Nonis since he was a sales rep in Vancouver, and he befriended Brian Burke, and that carried him right through a number of years. I would, you know, he's 20 or 25 years. He's been around, and it's he, he's Brian Burke's protege, and every job he got, when Burke was leaving Vancouver, the last thing he did was appoint him general manager. When they fired him in Vancouver, the first thing Burke did was hire him as a consultant. When Burke went to Toronto, the first thing he did was hire him as assistant general manager. Now the gig is up. The gig yeah. is up. There's nowhere to go. Burke, can't take him out in Calgary now. That would look kind of silly. Well, okay, to me, to me Kessel, Fanuf, Lupel are the easy decisions. I think maybe maybe Bozak as well is an easy decision. I mean, I think I think they can get value for for most of them. Lupel is the one I think that they'll be in trouble getting anything back for. The question is the players who are under the age of 25, the Cadres, the Jake Gardners. I mean, we know we know that Morgan Riley is not going anywhere, and I don't think James Van Riemsdyk is going anywhere unless they get a, a, a hellacious return for him because he's got a good contract and he's a good he's a good scoring winger. The question is how again how extensive will the house cleaning be if you want to make if you want to make a, a new change you want to make a complete change. I think Kadri and Gardner are two guys that you can move because they're young and they have value that you can get equal return in terms of a young player. Do you think that Kadri, do you think Gardner are guys that will be moved? Well, I'm I'm ambivalent about Gardner. There was a time in Boston two years ago where I was not ambivalent. I thought, here's the guy, but he's done nothing. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you're going to get for him with a five-year contract of $4 million a year. Kadri is an enigma. I'd like to see Kadri play for another year. I'd like to have Shanahan sign him to a two-year deal, and then after one year say, well, this guy is a lot better than I thought he was going to be. I'm going to sign him to a big contract. And that gives him another year to prove that he's better than he has shown. And he thinks he's better than he's shown. He's verbally stated that. But I think Cadre, who is the only player on the team with any intestinal fortitude above and beyond the normal, and that makes a big difference. They need players like that to play. Kadri, I, I admire him for that, if nothing else. And he's a highly skilled player who just does not have the discipline nor the respect for those people who dole out the discipline to play the game well. And if uh, he's going to continue that, then shame on him. He's just passing up on a wonderful career. Mm. Okay, uh the general manager search Shanahan referred to the uh, you know that he's to, he hopes to have a general manager in place before the before the draft, but they uh, put uh, Mark Hunter and uh, Kyle Dubas as interim general managers at this point. 
there, Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada listed a number of different possibilities ranging from George McPhee to uh, L.A. Kings VP of Hockey Operations, Mike Fuda, uh, Paul Fenton, the assistant GM in Nashville, uh, Julian Brisebois from Tampa, uh, Pat Verbeek, a former NHLer who played with Mark Hunter and Brendan Shanahan uh, when in Detroit, in New Jersey, and with Hunter in Hartford. Um, and what's Verbeek doing now? Verbeek is the assistant general manager under Steve Eisenman with Tampa. Oh, okay, so him, good, good. Him and Brisebois are both under Steve Eisenman. And that's the thing, Bill. I mean, from, from what I'm looking at, from my point of view, Brendan Shanahan is assembling a Detroit Red Wings model. He's concentrating on player development and drafting, scouting. Uh, they're going to streamline the scouting staff, and he's assembling a, a general ma- a management group where, you know, there's going to be equal responsibilities. You know, he'll be at the head, but there's going to be a lot of responsibilities similar to what happened in Detroit with Jimmy Devolano and Scotty Bowman and Jim Nill and everybody else. Um, to me, the general manager and he even said it himself, is not going to be somebody who's going to come in and bring his own staff with him. It's going to be somebody who will who will like and will agree with fitting into the staff that Shanahan has already put together. Do you think that's going to limit his options? I don't think I don't think a an old time GM like a Peter Chiarelli or a Ray Shiro is going to want to fit into that construct. Well, you know, I, I have the utmost respect for Peter and for Ray, uh, the fact that their hockey teams have been decimated by their mismanagement of the cap is something that would keep me away from them. So I think they go by the wayside. You're not. Brendan Shanahan is not going to bring in somebody who thinks he knows more than Brendan does. So Brendan's got to find a guy who he's comfortable with, probably with whom he played, and. Uh, be able to work with him as a president and general manager hand in glove or hire Babcock as the coach and director of player personnel. Mark Hunter is the general manager and Brendan Shanahan is the president and having Mark Hunter report directly to him. Mark Hunter will have one boss. I know Mark Hunter from when he was with us, coached in St. John's is a wonderful coach, is a great student of the game, and works as hard as anybody you will ever find in hockey. And that's what they need. The show is over. The go is on, and Hunter has the go. And I, I, I think the, the more they have Hunter involved, and I think Brendan's already made that a possibility, he's the guy to do it. If I was hiring and I wasn't Brendan Shanahan, I would hire George McPhee for experience. I think George McPhee is one of the brightest guys in hockey who doesn't have a job. And having to work with uh, Ted Leonsis for as long as he did, I don't know that he has a brain left. (laughs) And then the other would be uh, Mike Fuda. I've known Mike since he worked in St. Mike's. His father and the Duchess, my wife, taught high school together. So... We know the family, and we know the confidence of, of the foodists. So he would be an outstanding choice as a young guy that you want to work with, and he's been through it all. So yeah. there are good people there, depending on what you want. Does, does Brendan want the experience of a McPhee? Hire him. Hire him as quickly as you can. Does he want a younger guy that he can kind of mold into the system, 
who will know Hunter and know Dubas from his OHL experience. That's 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 the choice that Brendan will have to make. But for me, he's got the choice. He just has to decide what mode he wants to have around his office. And uh, it would either be McPhee or it would be uh, Fuda. Mm. The coach, I mean, we assume that the coach uh, will be hired by or in concert with Shanahan and the others uh, when the general manager, after the, the general manager is found. Um, you know, Shanahan did not indicate that that would be the case in the press conference. He said that, you know, if there's a coach out there that we like, that, yeah. you know, we're going we're gonna to go after. I mean, everybody assumes that they're going to be in on Babcock. Bill, I'm, I'm, I'm in the – you know, I've talked to Kevin Allen, who's based in Detroit. He doesn't think Babcock is going anywhere. He thinks the Red Wings are going to pay him. It's a question of whether he just believes it's time for a new start. And if he does, you know, a place like Pittsburgh or Philadelphia will throw as much money at Babcock as the Leafs would, and he wouldn't have to live through the rebuild. I mean, those teams, you know, one has Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. The other one has a boatload of young talent that just needs a, a, a new direction. Um the question is, I mean, if it's not Babcock, who is it? I mean, Paul McLean's name has been out there. I know Elliot Friedman mentioned Dale Hunter, and his name has been out there, and I don't know whether that's realistic or not. But, uh, I mean, who who do you think would be a good candidate for the Leafs head coach? Well, I think we have to go back to Babcock. I don't think they're doing anything until Babcock makes a decision. because, uh, And I don't know how close Babcock and Shanahan are no idea they may not be close at all because Babka uh, Shanny played mostly uh, with Scotty not with with Babcock mm-hmm. so uh, they once that's done and Babcock then has the choice is he in it for the money is he using the other teams to make to get more money out of Mr. Illich I, I don't think so does Babcock want a new challenge I think he might but if he does he wants to be able to name his own price and his own terms. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, Brendan, I'm interested. Here's my ticket. Here's my title. You decide. So that would be the way Babcock goes. And if he doesn't take that challenge, the other one that's possible, Mike, is Buffalo because of Tim Murray's relationship, A, with Brian uh, when they were in Anaheim and when Babcock was coaching not only in Anaheim but in Cincinnati. So he's worked very closely with Tim Murray. Mm-hmm. And you can be assured that they conversed on the phone, not to the extent of tampering, but just talking because they're old old pals from way back. So I think Buffalo is a real – and where would yeah. you rather be, Mike, if you mm-hmm. were Mike Babcock and you wanted a challenge? Would you rather be in Buffalo mm-hmm. tomorrow or would you rather be in Toronto tomorrow? Yeah. Or better still – where would you rather be Sunday morning after the lottery draft? And if Buffalo wins the lottery draft, then they're going to have a real hockey team. And they're going to need a real coach. And it's not going to be five years of rebuilding. It'll be two years. And they'll be in the playoffs, and they'll be very, very good. And Mike Babcock knows that well ahead of us. Well, they're they're going to win the lottery one way or the other because I, not to say that Eichel is as good as McDavid, but Eichel is a pretty good talent. And with him, yes, he is. And, no question. And, yeah, with him and Reinhardt and you know Evander Kane and the group that they're assembling. I mean, yeah, Buffalo is way ahead of Toronto in terms of the rebuild, and I think in a couple years, you know, they're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be a playoff contender. And the thing is, is that Terry Pagula 
the owner of the Sabres. He went out and spent big money on Rex Ryan, the coach, the former coach of the New York Jets. He likes to bring in. He likes to make the big splash. And if yep. it's a question of money, there's no, there's no question. He'll spend it. So, no, yeah, I, that, I, I that, think if, if if it's a question of money, Illich is going to keep him, right. uh, unless the money is preposterous. Because Mike Illich is not going to let anybody outbid him financially. It's whether or not Babcock wants a different challenge. And if he does, Mm -hmm. then he's going to have to choose between Buffalo and Toronto. I'm talking about a challenge of taking nobodies to somewhere. I'm not talking about the challenge of players uh, in Pittsburgh who are beyond their prime. Uh, In Philadelphia, that's a better opportunity. He might like that. But if I'm Mike, I'd be looking at Buffalo or Toronto and take one or the other. Two more things, Bill. Um, you referenced the the draft lottery uh, on Saturday. Um, I won't even <laughs> I won't even try to guess the reaction uh, of fans in Toronto if the Leafs if the lottery if the ball comes up with the for the Leafs. Um, I, to me, it would you know I mean in my lifetime the only player who I you could arguably say was close to being the best player in the league was Doug Gilmore for the span of two years. And yep. other than that, you know, maybe Daryl Sittler, but the no no other player. And Connor McDavid has the opportunity within a couple of years, based on the talent that he has, to be the best player in the NHL right away. Um, well, when they compare him to Gilbert Perrault, you're right. Yeah, and that's that's a that's a hell of a comparison. I mean, yes. you know, he's he's got the he's got unbelievable speed. I've only seen him play live twice, and he's. His speed is is incredible, but yeah, that's what they say. Um, you have you have to go to a game to see his speed because he sure shows it on TV, and it doesn't do it any favors. But what do you think the impact would be? I mean, Shanahan smiled in the press conference and said, you know, based on what happens in the lottery, and you know that if they won the lottery, you know, the rebuild would be expedited sort of quickly, and then he smiled and everybody laughed. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows. But you know, it could be it could go down from a five-year process to a two or three-year process with a star player, potential star player like McDavid, wearing blue and white. Yeah. No, I I I, I think that the outcome of the lottery draft will be profound for the Maple Leafs. Uh, if in fact they get it, you're right. It'll be it'll be unheard of. Unprecedented, uh, and uh, you know the Leaf Nation will go off the deep end, and then that's when Brendan Shanahan, as the director of the cruise ship, has to take everything into control, under control, and say, "Okay, where does this put me with hiring the best coach in hockey?" Mm-hmm. And I would say that if I'm, if I am Mike Babcock, I would go to Toronto in a heartbeat because of the challenge that is there and the and the the recognition he would get it would be his his when, when he's won Olympic titles when he's won Stanley Cups. What is there left other than to bring a Stanley Cup to Toronto? And as Jimmy Devolano said when he started to rebuild the uh, Red Wings, when asked in his first year, oh, 10 years. Well, he was out by two or three. It was 12 or 13. So, and that was of course not in the cap era. The cap era is just that much more difficult as far as I'm concerned because you can't buy the good players. They're all locked up on either the bridge or the extension. So it's it's going to be a challenge, and I, I, I have a lot of time for Mike Babcock. I don't think he's using people to get more money. 
I know he's trying to help his fellow coaches by being the highest paid coach ever. Well, he's already there, so he doesn't have to push that one too hard. But I really think that Mike Mike wants a, a new challenge, and uh, I'll be surprised if he's in Detroit next year. Yeah, I also think that I also wish that I had a dollar for every time I heard somebody say uh, that the lottery is going to be fixed in favor of Toronto. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's it's ridiculous. I, I yeah. the lottery's not being fixed. It's but if Toronto gets it, it's going to be uh, that will be mentioned every day until McDavid well, is selected. So and whenever they say that, you should just say, "You mean it was fixed the same way when Chicago went from fourth to first and got Kane?" Mm. You know, it's happened. It's happened, and it it's not likely to happen, Mike. Not likely at all. But as long as they've got a nine five. 9.5% chance. They have a more a better chance than they had a year ago. I, I, I think they'll stay as is, but that's, that's being safe. Finally, Bill, the uh, NHL, the Stanley Cup playoffs start tonight. Um, held my fantasy hockey draft yesterday. The team that was mostly popular was the New York Rangers. Um, they made the finals last year. I think they improved. Rick Nash is, I think, a better player than he was last year. Um they seem to be the prohibited favorite in the East and in the, in the West. It's, I mean, I think it's a, it's a, it's a hodgepodge. I don't think there is a clear favorite, but who do you like coming out of the East and who do you like coming out of the West? Well, I, I think that I, you have to give a credit to the Rangers for winning the president's trophy. They're the best team. And I have to find reasons for them not to win. And the only reasons I have are the Tampa Bay lightning, but I, I I, I fully expect the number one team in the league to be the number one team in the East. And that's not without some difficulties along the way. But the speed of the Tampa Bay Lightning is such that the speed of the Rangers will not, will not force them. So it'll force them to do things that they don't normally do. I mean, they're used to playing hockey at full, uh, full pace, and they play it well, and they're extraordinarily well coached. That is the same as the Rangers. The Rangers have some older players, but I don't think that, that they will factor into that. So uh, I, 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 if, if I wanted to pick someone, I'd pick Tampa Bay because sentimentally. But I think in a practical standpoint, you've got to go with the Rangers. And in the West, you think? In, in the West, uh, I look at my prognostication career as either being on the rise within the next month or going right in the dump. But uh, I have predicted in other forms of the radio media uh, that the two wildcard teams in the West, Winnipeg and Minnesota, will advance. And I think that if Winnipeg has constant goaltending and doesn't get key injuries, which is a long shot, they mm -hmm. have a chance to win it all. I'm very, very impressed with the job Maurice has done and very impressed with the talent that Chevaldeoff has accumulated. And I think that Winnipeg can go right through. Now, mm. having said that, how do you, well, what about Chicago? Well, I've been summarily unimpressed with Chicago uh, for most of the season. And uh, when they lost Kane, they played very well, which tells me they have to tighten up. I don't think they have the kind of goaltending that can carry them to the cup again. Maybe wrong. But Crawford is not my guy, and that's not personally. I just think that a better goaltender like Rene, Pekka Rene could win that series. But mm -hmm. you, you can't 
I'd love to see Anaheim win, but I'm calling Winnipeg to beat Anaheim. I'd like to see St. Louis win, but I'm calling Minnesota to beat St. Louis. So after they're out of the way, now you've got a young team, Winnipeg, playing the winner of Calgary and Vancouver. I say that Winnipeg wins. And now mm-hmm. you've got a final, and you don't know who's coming out of the other bracket. It could, have, it could be Minnesota. It could be Chicago. But whoever comes out, Winnipeg can beat. So I'm trying to rationalize my call on Winnipeg without making it look frivolous. It's not. I think Winnipeg is on the verge of being one of the power teams in the NHL. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the year they break through. And on the other hand, uh, I don't want anybody to bet their mortgage on any of my prognostications. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm of I'm of a like mind in terms of Winnipeg. I had them going to the conference final. And the one the one thing uh, people don't realize is the team that comes out of the Central, like Chicago did last year. The difference between Chicago beating LA and losing to LA was the fact that they had to they had to play two tough series against St. Louis and against Minnesota to get to the conference final. Yeah. Yeah. And you know that was you know they I think at that point they were they were exhausted and I think that that you know they have an they have a little bit of an older team now Hosa Richards these guys have some age on them they traded for a guy like Antoine Vermette and gave up a first round pick and he's a scratch in game one so yeah. they, you know they're they I think they're vulnerable Nashville could beat them but if they get through you know Nashville and then St Louis if Winnipeg comes out of the, the Pacific. You know, you're going to have a, a Blackhawks team that's vulnerable to uh, a team, and then you also have a, a couple ex Blackhawks in Ladd and, and Bufflin. So it, it'll be that that will be a wild, wild series. But uh, oh yeah, I, I, I'm 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 excited for hockey fans. I think it's going to be great. I, it, uh, it, it's something that uh, um, you usually see in round one. But I, I think if if Winnipeg can prevail. And this has nothing to do with coaching because I have nothing but the utmost respect for Boudreaux and for Maurice. I think they've both done a great job. I like the personnel that Winnipeg has ahead of what Anaheim has for this particular function. And it could all blow up in smoke in the first two games, Mike. I'm fully conscious of that uh, problem as well. Well, Bill, thank you very much. Uh, Great job as usual. Always a pleasure to have you and we'll definitely uh, have you during the summer when, you know, there's going to be a lot of news happening with the Leafs. There'll be a new general manager, a new coach, first round pick, probably a lot of trades and, you know, we'll definitely tap your wealth of knowledge uh, as the summer goes on. Thank you, Bill. Thanks. And keep in mind, Mike, the success of the Maple Leafs rebuild will be directly uh, related to whether they fish in the NHL cesspool of incompetence or find new blood to rebuild their management and coaching roles. And I will leave it at that, Mike. You can explain what the NHL cesspool of incompetence is. But I enjoyed the show, and I'm looking forward to your next call. For Bill Waters, this is Michael Agello of HockeyBuzz.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.